the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. Good to be with you today on this fine afternoon. We're together every day from 3 to 5 right here on this station. You can also get our podcast. Just go to the radio station website, look for SoCal Live, and you can check it out if you missed an hour of our program. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. How was your day, your work day today? Is it weird after Halloween? Are you having a candy hangover? You know, how does it work? You know, some we talked. I talked with a lot of people today. If you had a lot of trick-or-treaters or not very many trick-or-treaters, we have hardly had any the last few years. We had a ton last night. I mean, my kids, my kids had such a candy haul. We could open up a shop at the mall. It's uh, unbelievable. Then the the daddy tax is uh, is going to be extra. It's they're in a higher tax bracket as far as the amount of candy that uh, dad will take from them. Uh, and I let them know, by the way, that I'm taking it. It's called a daddy tax, and it teaches them a lesson about what taxes are. And uh, I caught them out trick-or-treating. We let them go out kind of by themselves, but I I snuck around to find them. And I catch my son, John, and he has shoved an entire Rice Krispie treat, one of those that comes packaged, right? But it's pretty big. He shoved the whole thing in his mouth. He didn't see me coming, and I watched him do that. And I thought, he's already had like 50 pieces of candy. It was, and uh, I'm surprised we got any sleep at all last night. Anyway, hope that you are doing well and that you are enjoying your time, whether or not you enjoy your work or not. Do you enjoy your work? I enjoy my work. I love my work. And, uh, you know, so much of it is great. There's every part of a job has work. All right. And uh, there is a, a video that is going around in social media where somebody is complaining about their work and why they need to unionize. This is a uh, person who works at a large coffee uh, company called uh, St. Arbucks. People wonder why. What's happening here is this person has snuck into the break room and is filming a video of themselves uh, talking about um, their their work and how they think it is unfair. I'm wondering what your response is to this. People wonder why we need a union at Starbucks. And I am literally about to quit. Like, I, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but, like, I really want to. I almost walked out today, and I'm crying in the back room right now, and I almost cried on the floor. It's just, <laughs> I like, I get, I'm, I'm, like, a full-time student. I get scheduled for 25 hours a week, and on a weekend, they schedule me the entire day open to close. I'm on the schedule for eight and a half hours, both Saturday and Sunday. I'm, like, three and a half hours into my shift. There's so many customers, and we have four people on the floor all day. <laughs> Only five people were put on the schedule and somebody had to call out and there are four people running the whole store and there's so many customers and there's possibly scheduled five people. <laughs> we only have 13 people employed at this store and there's so many customers. And they gotta go. All right. So now there's a person who is overwhelmed at their job. 
how do you feel about your job? And and how does that – I'm wondering how listening to this person makes you feel. Do you feel like um, – you know, the person is obviously pretty upset. They're crying. Um, they're hiding out. Now, I've got a little suspicion, frankly, that this is about unionizing and it's sort of a deliberate. And maybe the, maybe I'm just too cynical, but I'm watching this going, are you just doing this because you're you're gathering support to to have a union? And if you're kind of weepy, then uh, maybe people will be sympathetic. How do you respond uh, to that? And how does it how does it work for work? I'm listening to the hours that this person has. So this person has a part-time job at Starbucks. Uh, I could not work at Starbucks, I don't think. It's too, it is pretty intense. If you're at a busy Starbucks, maybe somebody can call if you're a coffee barista and you've had this experience where it's pretty tough. Uh, it is pretty rough. You know, if you're not the right type who can just kind of stay on it and you're in a busy store, it's a rough job. 888-528-2557, 888 are we having a crisis with work, with the ability to do, um, to work hard? Do we have an expectation to that our job is going to be somehow fulfilling or somehow bend itself around what our other wishes are? As I'm listening to this person, I'm I'm thinking this person's complaining because they have a part-time job, which is probably you know twenty-something hours a week, and they're in school. So they have to work the weekends. It's what you do. And they're scheduled for eight and a half hours, which probably means, does that mean, what's the law? Is it only a half an hour lunch or is it an hour lunch? Whatever you get. But you're going to get two breaks and at least a half an hour lunch, eight and a half hours. Uh, they don't pay you for the lunch, by the way. Um, and I, you know, when I worked, I worked for a company that's, uh, I think there might be still one. I drove by one in Los Angeles just uh, this past week, Kmart. Like there's one near Burbank. There's still a Kmart. Maybe there's just a movie set, you know, from the 1970s or something is what it looked like. But I used to work for Kmart. And I remember those schedules. They were, you know, I worked, you know, 9, 10, 11 hours and uh, $3.35 an hour, by the way. That's what I started at. I remember that. I remember it was because minimum wage, I think, was $3.30 an hour. And uh, Kmart was proud of the fact that they paid us a nickel more than minimum wage back in the day. And uh, I spent all that money buying James Bond movies and candy, I think. I should have invested it. I'd be a millionaire. Anyway, um, I remember the long hours, and it was hard, and my feet hurt. And I was a young person, but I, I wanted to have a job. Since I was a little kid, I wanted to work. I wanted to have some kind of job. My first job, I was 15 and a half working for a construction company. And, you know, it wasn't what I wanted to do by any means, but I did it. And I was a cleanup guy. They'd build a house, and I would go around cleaning stuff up. And I, I've told you about my boss there. His name was Cliff Frankenstein because he looked like Frankenstein. I don't remember his name. I remember his name was Cliff, but he looked like Frankenstein. He was very tall, and he had a, he had a flat top that was like completely flat, a haircut, flat top haircut, just straight across, flat. And he had green skin and bolts in his neck. That was him. And uh, he taught me a lot, though, about work ethic. And uh, they also let me drive a truck around, which was cool because I didn't have a license I confessed that on the show, and it turned out my parents were listening that day, also my kids. i got to be careful of the things that I, I talk about, but uh, there were no problems. That, those days are, are – I think those days might be, might be over. What do you think about this? Are we having a crisis with work, and what do we do? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Do you like your job, or do you want something else? Maybe you feel like you're stuck. There is – a huge number of people who have completely changed careers after the COVID. 
part of it is because your career might have ended, right? The the whole industry sometimes collapsed and you don't have a choice. But I think a lot of people sat around at home going, why am I doing this? And uh, decided to do something else. But can I can I give you a thought that that it, are you trying to gain are you trying to gain value and meaning in life from your job, the job that pays you money? This uh, person on TikTok went on uh, this way. We don't have fair scheduling. Managers don't care about us. Our manager was supposed to come in this weekend, and he took himself off the schedule, so he wouldn't be able to be held accountable for calling out. He just literally tore down the schedule that he was scheduled on and put up a new schedule where he wasn't on the schedule. Also, he couldn't have even seen that he was scheduled in the first place because he didn't want to be held accountable for not wanting to come in. They don't want to help us. We need a union because this can't happen. This can't happen. We need fair scheduling. We need managers to hold themselves accountable for helping their workers. They refuse to turn mobile orders off. We need the liberty to be able to do that because there's so many mobile orders and I need to get through all of them. And then people are yelling at me because I don't have their orders ready. And they don't know what to do. <laughs> it's a, it is, you know, it's a rough job. Cliff Frankenstein would have fired that person so fast, it just would never have gone anywhere. Uh, I don't know if we're still in that era. Am I mean to say that? Is this a generational thing? Do we have, I feel like though we have some expectations about work that are not real. What do you think? 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. Um, and that, that last clip shows you where I think there's a certain part of this that is about unionizing and maybe the weepiness is is not for real uh and that's a cynical approach but and like i said you know i i don't think i could keep that job at starbucks i think it would drive me crazy remembering everybody's order and trying to get all those things you know done 888-528-2557 yvette in south in uh, santa monica welcome to southern california live hi scott how are you i'm good yvette how are you today doing well um, that caller really touched my heart because when I was in college, I'd have these crazy jobs and crazy hours, and I would be in tears just like her mm. after a shift. But I was working twice as much as she was, probably, and I'm yeah. from a totally you know, previous genera- generation from her. And the only thing that working those kind of jobs in college did for me was Feel my ambition to work harder and get out of school so I'd never have to work like a place like that again. The thing I think the generation now is hard work scares, it it, it scares them in a way that it didn't scare me or my generation. Like I said, it fueled my ambition. I think for most of my friends, we'd commiserate over homework at college and like, oh my God, I work at McDonald's. Oh my God, I work here. And it's horrible. It's like, I can't wait to graduate and get my first job at, you know, you know, uh, wherever to get away from this. So the unionization thing, they, I think a lot of people have no clue about what unions actually do. And right. uh, is the union going to make that job easier? I don't exactly. think so. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Plus you're going to pay dues. Plus you're going to have to agree to things that you don't want to agree to because you're in a union. Yeah. And it's a group, you know, I think they have no idea what unionization really offers them. So they think it's an out for the current pain. And the current pain is so temporary. If she's a four-year college student, you know, she has to deal with this for four years. I think it seems like eternity when I was a freshman in college. Four years seemed like, oh, this is another eternity. Right, now it's but a blink. The long, yeah, and, and, and we know it's a blink. You're right. So <laughs> I think she has to have... 
I, you know, we call my friend has a daughter her age, and we call her a snowflake, and we kind of tease her and stuff. Like, do you think this is going to last forever? And I remember when I would call my mom crying, I can't do this. I just can't. She says, "This is not going to last forever. This is a season, and you get through a season by persevering in God. First of all, second of all, just sometimes you just got to put your head down and just." You know, look for other jobs while you're trying to get A's and B's and trying to stay afloat there. But you got to it's our toughness that I'm really concerned about in America right now. I think that's a big part is the toughness. I think that's what I'm listening is that. And you said, you know, for you that when your first jobs, when they were terrible, that it it gave you ambition. (laughs) Right. My dad. I'm never doing this again. You know what my dad said to me? He said when I had my construction job. He pulls mm-hmm. me aside and he said, this job you've got right now, and this isn't an insult to anybody doing construction. I mean, some of you doing construction are making a lot of money. But from my yep. dad's generation point of view, okay, was this job is why you go to college. Yes. Right? And then exactly. when I was in college, I had a couple of terrible jobs. And then I had a job working for uh, Circuit City. Remember that company? And, yes. <laughs> and I, I loved that job. It was hard work. But, you know, it's not really the job you want for a career, especially since they don't even exist anymore. Um, my dad, so in high school, he's telling me you get this job you have at Kmart and at the construction company. This is why you go to college in college. When I'm working at circuit city, he says, this is why you go to graduate school, (laughs) Right. (laughs) this job, right? Yes. And, uh, I think that might be gone, but we got to get that back. I think you're right. It's the, it's the toughness and the, I think there's an expectation about our work that is incorrect about defining us as people. Yes. I think Americans. Yeah. We've, we're in a crisis of identity as far as our level of, of toughness is concerned and what we expect out of working. Yeah. It's it's like, mm, I, I don't, right. I, my heart breaks for her because I was there. You yeah. know, I, I could just call Yvette, my mom. I didn't try I'm to go on to the next call, you. but thank you, Yvette, for your call and uh, that insight. 888-528-2557 is the number. This is Southern California thank Live. Jessica in Lomita, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. Hi, Jessica. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Are you working right now? I'm not working right now. I just got off of work. And uh, you know what? I was You were cracking me up. I just want to say it was I was dying. I'm driving. I just pulled over. But uh, when your boss looked like Frankenstein, I was cracking up. <laughs> Cliff Frankenstein. That's his name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, anyways, about the topic, um, and I heard the clip. Uh, from the TikTok, and I, the current company I'm at, we are unionized. Yeah. Um, it gets overwhelming. I do work with um, food, you know, and and it can get stressful at times. It's busy, but um, I think the the TikTok, the the person on the TikTok was just maybe she's overwhelmed. She's a full time student. I was a full time student, raising four children and uh, working. And it's hard. Maybe there's all these other things going on in life, you know, but uh, you got to do what you got to do, right, to earn money. It is what it is. And it sucks that you have to resort to that. I mean, it's a good company, though, right? It's demanding. You have hours. You need to get paid. You have bills to pay. Um, You got to support yourself or a family. But um, And you also mentioned, too, about could it be a generational thing. And I see it changing. I'm in my 30s, but I see how the generations have changed, you know? Yeah. Um, it, nothing's easy. What have you it seen? So you're in your 30s. So 
in the period of time you started working then really only the last uh, 15 years, maybe? Uh, yeah. What have you yeah, seen change yeah. over that period of time? So in high school, right, you know, getting my first job, it's, you know, it's not serious. But then I'm like, okay, I need to set my goals higher. I went to school and um, got to work better and better jobs moving up the ladder. But I'm now I'm still, I'm in the grocery business, actually. And mm. since the pandemic, I mean, it was it was hectic. Yeah, crazy but time. It's it's, uh, you know, been provide, you know, God has allowed me to be able to provide for my family through this industry. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You can, it, it does get overwhelming. It does get stressful. But if that's the case, then, you know, you got to switch it up, right? You can't complain. Yeah, you do. Jessica, thank you so much for your call and uh, calling Southern California Live. Uh, let's go. You're listening to Southern California Live. If you want to join our conversation, the number is 888 Two five five seven. Hilda in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hilda, go ahead. Switch it up. Hilda, hello. Turn your radio down there, Hilda. Yes. Hi. Yes. Hi. Go ahead. Hi. So I was answering your question. Uh, do we have a? Um, what was your question? The topic about work. Yeah, have we changed uh, I don't our. I think we have a crisis. I don't think we have a crisis with work i think we have a crisis with people wanting not wanting to work okay that's kind of what i meant i think is in a way so you you feel like it's that people uh don't have the ambition to do a job exactly exactly i think i i think this i i've been working since i was 14 and a half years and and i was able to work with a uh school um permit but I wanted to work. I, I come from a family of seven, and we didn't have much. But I wanted to work because I wanted to make my own money. And I think along with that comes work ethics. If you don't, if you're not, if you don't have work ethics, um, it's going to be very difficult. How do we teach that? Um, How do we teach that? If if that's true, I think a lot of people do have work ethic, right? Is that you know we kind of highlight what's going on, but there's clearly a shift. Right there is a, there's a movement in California right now to have everybody go to four day work week thirty two hours instead of forty. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that right. good or is that not good? Well, I work I work a four ten schedule, which is four forty days hours over hours. four days. Do you like that? Yes, I do. But I really still, enjoy it. it. But that's still forty I'm hours. I'm not going to say it's yeah. It's it is stressful. It's a lot a lot of work. On some days, it's a little bit more than. Uh, than my fair share, but um, I grew up working, and in order to sustain yourself, you, you, I mean, to support yourself, you, you have to work. And if you don't like where you're at, there's plenty of other careers, there's plenty of other jobs to look at. I'm, I'm a true believer that if you are not happy where you're at, then find somewhere where you are happy where you're at, because we spend a lot of time at work. Yeah. So, um, and if we spend more time at work than we do at home, then you have to be happy with where you're at or satisfied. You got to at least be satisfied and, have, and, and not define yes, yourself you by do. the work, I think. Hilda, thank exactly. you. Thank you so much for your call. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join the conversation. We're talking about work. I'm wondering this. Have we lost ambition? Is ambition a good thing? I think there's a couple of angles here with what we're seeing here. And we played a, a audio clip of a young person at Starbucks uh, 
crying in the break room because her workday was too long. And uh, she was really overwhelmed by the number of drinks and the number of customers and upset with management and wanting to start a union and a whole lot of stuff. Is that something that is more common today? And, it, you know, or is it right? Maybe we overwork people. You know, what? what is it? And I, I have a thought about it that I'll share in a little while here, but I want to hear what you think. 888-528-2557. Wayne and Chino, welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah. You know, Scott, I think uh, that people want to work, but the problem I think, especially here in California, that we have is the wages. See, the wages are so high, gas is so high, rent is so high, they're taxing us like crazy. And so a lot of people are like, you know what, I'd rather just stay on unemployment or welfare or whatever or get Section 8 or something like that and, and live it out because if I work, I'm not making enough money to take care of myself. That's I think a... they really need to raise, make the bring the wages up. They really have to come up because they're not lined up with the gas and the tax and everything else. We still way back, you know, back 20 years behind or 30 years behind. $20 an hour is not enough. 25 is not enough. It needs to be 30 and up. It really does. Do you think it needs to be 30 and up for somebody working at Starbucks or McDonald's or? Well, well no, not, those are college students. Not them, but at least they need to be able to make enough money where they can pay for their rent or whatever, you know. We definitely need to do something so that it's a livable wage, right? That if you have any a full-time job, you should be able to have a place to live. That's right. That, that you know, instead of two or three, you know, there's like five or six people living in a one-bedroom. Yeah. And just, yeah, you know, that's, that's not good. Yeah, the house that I used to live next to, they carved that thing up into so many bedrooms. Uh, I think they had six or seven bedrooms they created in there in what used to be a three-bedroom house. And they think they wow. charge, and I think they charge everybody living in there a thousand bucks a month. So uh, you know right. they're doing pretty well. You know, Wayne, here's a question for you. Um, and I got to go to a break, so maybe we can talk about this uh, um, afterward. But do you think that? Uh, can you hold on through the break, Wayne? Sure. All right, I'm going to ask Wayne about this. Does the raising of the wages also raise the prices of everything so that the wage increase? Ultimately, in real dollars, doesn't matter. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. We're talking about work. Have we lost what it means to have a job and to work. Have we lost the, maybe the ambition, or if you have a crummy job, have we sort of lost the ambition that that used to drive you to getting a better job? Um, or do we do we gain too much personal value, personal worth from our work, and which makes it really, really difficult if we don't really like our work? Do we not like ourselves because we don't like the work that we're doing? And I think that is the case with a lot of, people today. And how do we get this back? 888-528-2557 is the number. Before the break, we had a caller. He dropped off, but he uh, had talked about how we need wages to come up. He, one, he said some interesting things. He said that maybe the reason that we've lost some passion for work, essentially, is that people just don't feel like they're getting paid enough for a lot of jobs, particularly here in California. Uh, and I get that. And I mentioned that I do think that we need to address the fact that if you have a full-time job, not part-time, but a full-time job, you ought to be able to get a place to live, 
right? The problem, I think, is that what we do is we keep raising wages and think that that is actually going to work. Um, the problem is, is that when we keep raising the minimum wage, um, according to an organization called uh, EPI, who measures these kinds of wages, uh, the minimum wage, even though it has been raised to 15 bucks plus an hour in 2021, is actually worth less than the minimum wage, which was around 9 or $10 just 12 years ago. Meaning that you're getting paid more dollars, okay? You might be making, you know, $10,000 more a year. But in doing that, your rent and food and utilities has gone up maybe 12000 more a year. And so in real dollars, you're not making it. That's what inflation does, right? So raising wages from government edict anyway is something that if it's not already in the market, the market has to compensate for that. There has to be enough goods and services to pay for those wages. So prices are going to go up for everybody, which means that even though you're getting paid more money, uh, you're making less money. That's what we're experiencing right now with the inflation at, you know, eight, nine, what we had at 11% at one point, eight percent might be 6% now. But if you get a 5% raise, you're still making less money. If you get an 8% raise, you're still making less money than you were a year ago. That's what that means. And uh, that's why inflation is such a big deal. 888-528-2557. Paul in Westminster, welcome to Southern California Live. Yeah, so you were saying about college students or people got out of high school or they're working while they were in high school and they still live with their parents perhaps or their caregiver whoever the friends uh maybe they could save money but that money is they um well that's another thing so you wanted to focus on just uh younger people that don't have to work full time uh what do you think about do you think people have changed their thoughts about work uh in every generation well it's really up to their situation but the, uh, the age is, the college degree is, is different than it was you know 30 years ago you know it's, it's a different uh, story now you can get it online you can get it through experience of you, course all the time do you think it's worth uh, less than age, it used to be yeah it's worth less yeah so but it's really because of uh, uh, like you said inflation and uh for people who actually want to start businesses, you have to. Uh, if you invent something that will actually benefit other businesses, that's the only way I can see to go about it. Because right now it's corrupt at the patent office. Okay. All right, Paul. Thank you for uh, your thoughts about that. You know, I think that, you know, we've had some conversation about ambition, and it used to be. I mentioned before that when I had a job working construction and then working Kmart, my dad said to me, this is why you go to college, these jobs. Um, And then when I was working at Circuit City in college, I was making a lot more money. But my dad said, this is why you go to graduate school. That was kind of the attitude for uh, people back then. We're living in a weird time right now where, as Paul just mentioned, maybe the college degree isn't worth as much. You know, I want my kids to go to college. I want my boys to go to college for sure. That That is the plan. But... I think we're living in a time where people are questioning whether or not that's worth it, partly because the the college is teaching so many other things about, you know, bad ways to live your life. Maybe that's some of what's going on, is that for some people, they've been taught things about work and rights about work that isn't really about work. That that maybe we are a, a people who has, and I would say spiritually, because we're rejecting God, we're rejecting our value 
that we have as human beings in, in God, that if you don't have a God, if you're not, if you don't have the real God, if you're not made in God's image, if you then your work becomes who you are, right? Your, your work, your job, the things that you would put on your resume, uh, that's got to be very defining, right, to, to who you are. And if you don't like your job, then maybe you don't like yourself. Uh, and that's a terrible thing because work is something that is, is upon us no matter what. People have to, to work. Uh, there's a great book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes. You ever read this book? You got to read the whole thing. Like, don't skip on it, okay? You got you to gotta read the, you know, from beginning to end. If you just read the beginning of it, uh, you'll get depressed, uh, it, because it's right in your face as far as what is the reality about the world, right? He says meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, everything is meaningless. He doesn't mean things are meaningless. Some say vanity. You know, by the end of the book, there's a lot of meaning in the world. And by the end of the book, you learn there's a lot of meaning to your work if it's in the right place. There's a lot of meaning to your life and the decisions you make if you have them in the right context of how God made you in this world and how we live in a fallen world and that the purpose of human beings is to to serve the Lord ultimately. And the book actually is very uplifting if you get all the way through it. But in the beginning, you have Solomon who just basically goes through all these different things to try to find value in his life. He tries political power, he tries pleasure, and he tries work. He tries to accomplish a whole bunch of things. And uh, he he decides this, he says in chapter two, he says, so I hated life because the work that is done under the sun is grievous to me. He hated his job. He hated the different things. And he goes, it's meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things that I toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. <laughs> Which, you know, if you think about it, what he's saying is, uh, I'm going to work really hard my whole life and earn a bunch of money, earn a retirement, earn the stuff that I have. And one day I'm going to die and leave it to my kid who's going to waste it and sell most of my stuff on eBay. And he sees that reality that we don't really want to talk about. And he despairs over this. And I feel like this kind of despair is something that we are, we're hearing from lots of people today, that there's so much value we're putting on work. And at the end of the day, we're finding out that doesn't do it for us. Now, if you're, if you read the Bible, you find out you should never have thought that in the beginning. Work is something that we have in part because at least the work that we don't enjoy is because of the curse. Now, work is something that existed before the fall, okay? Adam and Eve had a job. Adam had a job. He's naming the animals. He's, they're tending to the garden. They had stuff to do. I think when we go to heaven, we're going to have a job. I think we're going to have work, but I think we're going to love it. We're not going to feel like we need to unionize. We're not going to, you know, I think we're going to love what we're doing. That work is biblical. But in the curse where we live, we're going to despair over our job. Even when we love our job, there's parts to it we don't like. How do we help people get past that and encourage people in work today? 888-528-2557. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, sir. Ted, um, um, City of the Angels. Yeah, how are you doing today, Ted? Good, good. And you, Scott? I'm doing great. What do you think about right. this? Well, I just want to touch touch on the work thing. You know, I was playing football at Santa Monica College, and I was a box boy at Bonds in Westwood. And I watched the managers manipulate everybody. And instead <laughs> of uh, acting out, I just walked out on him one night and because he was having us do his jobs when he's sitting up there. So you said the I've had enough. You had? All right. So you left? Yeah. And then what did you do? And, and then – 
so this is what what I I said to myself. I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I've owned my own business for you know twenty five years. And uh, and I could have worked for Hughes, and I walked around the plant. My dad worked there, and I felt claustrophobic, and they didn't look healthy on the machines. I love what I do. It's important to do what you love. And uh, I just can't say enough about, you know, this country, 80% is entrepreneurs. That's what pushes our economy. And having your own business, if things aren't don't add up, you could always walk away from that customer. And I've watched the Holy Spirit move and give me jobs and replace jobs. Doors open, other ones close. That's the beauty of having your own business. So, do you think they, that you know, people are, you know, why do you think more people don't leave if they're just miserable? Well, I don't, I don't know, but there is people that stuck it out. I know that, and I have friends that did that. And, and sometimes you have to. You have to. And uh, um, but I, myself, I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. I felt free. You know, I, I, you know, I'm in great condition at 59, and I can move scaffold and climb ladders. I, I love it, and and it keeps me in shape since I was in sports 12 years. I can't say enough about about it, and I don't have any ailments. I don't go to the ER. I don't, I'm not on any medication because I work. I yeah. love it. You know. All and, right, and appreciate just, that, uh, Ted. I want to go to one more call because I got to take a break. Right. But thank, thank you, you for your 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 insight there, and God bless you too, uh, Wayne and Chino. Welcome to Southern California Live. All right. So still on the same topic. So oh, you called earlier and we lost you there. So we talked about uh, yeah. What I what I said afterward was you were talking about uh, raising the uh, wages. And I pointed out that we've done that over time, and real wages have actually gone down. So people today, yeah, yeah, that's true. So how do we how do we get to a place where we can have people that's, with better wages without blowing up the economy, so everything's just more expensive? I, I think that the formula that we've been had in place for years, as far as us being, uh, you know, things being high like they are, and we've been in this recession, I think it needs to change. You know, it all started out with a plan. You know, you do this, you do this. This is how you balance this, and this is how you balance that. Well, I think that formula no longer works. I think it no longer works. I think we need to go back to the drawing board and redo it. You know what I mean? I think there's a lot of stuff that, yeah, I think uh, I got to take a break, Wayne. Thanks for calling back. You know, I think that there's a lot of things that we have instituted that maybe are making things worse, not better. Maybe like with the right intentions, but that are actually making things worse. I got to take a break. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. When we get back, we'll talk about work and a, a biblical notion that I think we all need to know about work wherever we find ourselves, whether we like our job or not, or we're frustrated or we're happy. There are some, there's a good biblical way to look at it. 888-528-2557. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, and we're talking about work, the value of it. And uh, if we lost some ambition or some meaning of what work is, and I'll give you a little scripture here in just a moment to, uh, I think it'll get you through any period of time that you're in work, whether it's good or bad or wherever you're at. It's a good perspective that we get from the Word of God. I'll take your calls first here. David in Culver City, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, Scott, thanks for taking my call. Hi, David. Um, Hi. Uh, You know, I wouldn't disparage a college education. I don't think you exactly are, but I think if you look on the data, if you go to a four-year college and you graduate, 
you are going to earn a good lifetime income. Your chances of marrying and staying married, your chances of not having children out of wedlock are very good. So there are a lot of very positive benefits to a college education. I think the reason it's disparaged is there are a lot of for-profit colleges. A lot of people go to technical schools and don't graduate. So there are a lot of college educations that aren't very good. That's number one. Hmm. Number two, I think that the idea of a living wage is probably very important. There's huge income inequality in the United States right now. A lot of people that are on Medi-Cal work for Walmart and Amazon, but can't afford health insurance for their family. Yeah. I think, you know, $15 minimum wage is not a living wage. I mean, I've seen signs now that Taco Bell is offering $18 an hour to work. I think in and out is so, 21 you know, I, <laughs> No, exactly. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I don't think the problem is a minimum wage. I just think the minimum wage is too low. I think a lot of corporations, big corporations that make a lot of money are letting taxpayers subsidize their workers. There's a lot of problems with, uh, you're right, David, about this. I mean, you're right about the college. You know, I don't mean to disparage it. I think that there's an attitude shift, and, and I agree with what you're saying. You're still better off. All the statistics say you're better off if you can get a college education. you got to be smart about it and don't take a major that costs $200,000 that there's no such thing as a job for it. You know, get get educated out there. David, is there a better way? Because I quoted a, a study in the last segment about the minimum wage going up over the past 12 years, but people are actually, or yeah, making, well, I think it said 12% less money in real data. Is there a better way to redo how we can pay people so that they, if you have a full-time job, you can at least get a place to live and pay your bills? You know, I'm not an economist. I don't yeah, have that's a, a hard question. But I do think, but, no, but I do know one thing. When I was growing up in Ohio, my dad worked for NCR. And NCR felt it had a responsibility to its employees to pay them a wage. If you were loyal, worked, put in a full day's work, you could afford a house, health insurance, and to send your children to school. Even though I went to a college on a college scholarship, I was the first one in my family to go to college. Yeah. But, you know. That, that era has changed, hasn't it? More, absolutely. I wanna, David, and I appreciate I your calls, and I'll make a comment. I want to go. I have a bunch of calls I want to get to here. I appreciate your call and that thought. You know, there's a whole subject we can do on that, that part of the culture that has changed is that you would start a business, and you would do it, and certainly you did it with a profit motive, and you wanted to make money, and you wanted to do well. But you also had a motive for building the community and building the city that you were in and making sure there were jobs for people and that they could put food on the table and pay their bills. And you would that was a big ambition for building a company to take care of your employees. That's still true of a lot of companies, but it's not true everywhere. And that is a it's a whole other thing that uh, I think we have to get back to. Uh, that I think is a much bigger issue, goes beyond work. But David's right uh, to think about that. Lupe in San Diego, welcome to Southern California Live. Lupe, you with us? Oh, yes, yes. Sorry, I didn't... Go ahead, Lupe. You got uh, hi, a couple minutes. You? I'm good. Okay, just real quick. Uh, I just think that uh, the last gentleman had really a good point as far as the companies helping the their employees, you know, uh, but they're just gotten so greedy when you have CEOs that are making millions of dollars and their employees are working. It, it, look at the hospitals. You know, I work at a hospital and it's very difficult to see them making millions of dollars. And you're trying to ask them to just compete with wages for other hospitals around you. 
And so that's where, and also we make empty promises to our kids when we tell them, yeah, you can go to college and get a great job and they graduate and they can't find a job. Or they pick the wrong, you know, when they get into the different majors and they say, oh, filmmaker, you get out there, you can be a filmmaker. (laughs) And they can't get that job either. Yeah, there's a lot of wisdom that we need that I think we've lost. Thank you, Lupe, for your call. Let me try to get to a couple more calls here. JC and Whittier, welcome to Southern California Live. Afternoon, Pastor Scott. Um, I'm I'm a union pipe fitter. And um, one of the things that we've talked about in class is actually the, the rise or, or, or rather, how quickly the workforce that does industrial work, uh, welding, fabrication, manufacturing, that sort of thing. I mean, let alone a lot of that has gone outside of our country, but the people going into that, uh, you know, high school graduates going into that has diminished significantly. Mm. Um, I think I think part of the problem with our, uh, you know, our Twitter and Instagram, TikTok culture is they see a lot of this celebrity culture where people just, started making videos and, you know, within a year or two are millionaires, um, you know, represent. Yeah, but it's hardly anybody who like gets that. It's sort of like the lottery, right? Everybody thinks they might win the lottery, but almost nobody ever does. And the same is true with the, uh, you know, the influencers who are making money. It's almost impossible. And not only that, I think our culture has, has lost the, the impulse to believe that uh, life is an uphill struggle. Everybody's believes now, or, or there's this uh, apple pie in the sky, believes that things are just going to come your way, fall into place, and that life is just going to flow smoothly. I know people who started their apprenticeship in their 40s after having careers that closed up and left state. You know, jobs, uh, companies closed up, left state, and uh, they had to restructure their life. Yep, and uh, sometimes my job requires me traveling, being away from family. I think the the belief that there's no sacrifice in order to make money or or to make a living and and really make a living for your family more comfortable sometimes requires you to make yourself more comfortable. Yeah, you're right, uh, JC. Thank you for your call. You know, I think he's right on it there that we have our attitude towards work and the reason for it has changed where I think that we and I'm, I'm not sure where this developed, but over time. We've lost the fact that you're going to have to work. You're going to have to work hard. And we we refuse to accept that there is struggle. We refuse to accept that that's just the way life is. I think we try to pretend. That's what when we started out and we're listening to that person on TikTok literally crying over having a hard day at work at Starbucks and all of that. I'm sure it was a terrible hard. I would not like that job. I would hate that job. And um, Here's something I want to give you. I know we got some other calls here. We just have a, uh, a couple minutes left, but I want to leave you with a, with a biblical idea here. I think this is the beginning of the answers. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, like I said, read all the way through it because it'll depress you if you don't. But if you read it carefully and you study it carefully, Solomon will put out some things that he tries to find meaning in, and then he realizes there's no meaning in that. But then he does give you answers. In the end of chapter two, he had been talking about work. He talked about trying to be successful with a job and having knowledge and having all this stuff that you would build and try to to say, I get value from this. And he decided it's meaningless and it didn't provide that value. But here's his conclusion. He says, a person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their own toil. This too, I see, is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? He's not saying just eat and drink for tomorrow we die. What he's saying is this, and this is a spiritual discipline, okay? If you are in a job and you don't like it or you're not enjoying whatever you're doing, 
what he's saying is this, is that we should take pleasure in whatever it is that we are doing now as best we can because it was given to us by God and that we should enjoy our life so that when you do get the clock out from your job, find something that you enjoy. That doesn't mean you ought to spend money, but find something that you can enjoy. And at your job, if there's something enjoyable, enjoy at least that part of your job. Maybe you need to get another job. Maybe that's part of uh, helping you out, but that's a good thing. He continues and he says, to the person who pleases him, the person who pleases God, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives the task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. What he's saying is this, and Christian, this is a big part of who we are. And if we've lost this, if we as Christians have lost this, we, we've got some work to do to get back. He's saying that true enjoyment and happiness can only come with a regard and perspective of God. I mean, we're not going to get it from our job or from an accomplishment here and there or different things. All right. Without God, there is no relief from life's redundant cycle and the struggle. There will be no satisfaction. First Timothy chapter six, he says, Paul says, but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. This is the context of that, by the way. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. We've pierced ourselves with so many griefs because we don't enjoy just our day from the perspective of God. That's the perspective we should have. Isn't this wise? This is some wise stuff. You know, it's not bad for a uh, 3,000-year-old book in the Ecclesiastes, a 2,000-year-old book for uh, for Paul in the New Testament. Enjoy whatever you're doing as best that you can. You know, that is the perspective, and have the perspective of God. Maybe God put you in that miserable job, you're working for Starbucks or something, but maybe there's somebody who your good attitude, your ability to enjoy even the most miserable part of your job is going to help lead them to Christ. You have no idea what God might be doing, and there's tremendous enjoyment in that part of your relationship with God and understanding who he is. I can't take any of your calls. We are out of time, but you can call back on Friday, Open Line Friday, if you want to continue this conversation. I'm Scott Furrow for Southern California Live. We're on every day from 3 to 5. I'll be with you again tomorrow at 3 o'clock. God bless you. Have a great night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.